0: This is the Stash, and you're listening to the Business Bottom Line podcast, coming to you from the jewel city of the mountain in Tennessee. We're in the foothills of the Smokies, talking business with people just like you, who are responsible for the bottom line, sharing business tips to inspire, inform, and improve, and turn your bottom line from red to black. Our guest today is Christopher Orr with Tash and Associates, so let's get acquainted. So tell us who you are and what you do, Chris.
1: Well, thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me. Um, well, I'm, I guess I'm a managing partner with TASH. Uh, TASH was formed by Community Insurance and Bill Richards when uh, my agency was bought out in 2019. And I've been with Community and TASH since then. And I kind of manage the TASH side, which is the senior life and health side focusing on those approaching retirement at 65 with Medicare and other options.
0: Okay. All right. So that sounds like a full plate. So several different things. And uh, you have other people that help you with that
1: too. Yes. Yes. If it wasn't for other people, there's no way that we could get through this. But uh, we are, we heavily involved in doing educational seminars. And then of course we do do, uh, we, we help products that provide solutions to people's problems or their their options and so we go with that but yeah we got three others besides me
0: all right well introduce us to your family tell us about your family
1: well I've been married to my wife Susan for 22 years Uh, we live in Marshtown. she's a teacher she's been there about 24 years we have two kids one's a senior it's my daughter Lexi and uh, she's going to graduate with honors this year and she's actively employed And I've been and, and been employed for about a year and a half now so I've been real proud of her my son's f- going to be a freshman, but he's our uh, athlete. He plays ball, and we travel around watching him. But uh, And he's uh, probably getting ready to get his driver's permit, so that's going to be interesting. But uh, um, anyway, we, we enjoy watching him play ball. And, of course, we're heavily pretty, pretty tight-knit family, and so we all travel and do that.
0: Well, so uh, obviously that takes a lot of time, and uh, I'm sure they're both busy with school and work and then extracurricular activities, but what do you guys like to do together? What what do you enjoy as a family? Well, we, as a family, we do a lot of cookouts and we get
1: together with immediate family doing a lot of cookouts. We do, uh, they enjoy going to the beach. I go some, but they go quite a few times throughout the summer. Um, we do spend a lot of time outdoors we have a family farm and we're down there quite a bit. So, I mean, and then, of course, there's ball. We travel, we play ball yeah. all year round. So yeah. it's pretty busy life.
0: Okay. So when you say cookout, that gets pretty close to home because you're probably raising what you're eating, right? Yes, yes, we, we eat beef. So <laughs> <laughs> we enjoy beef.
1: And, uh, but we enjoy spending time with, uh, you know, doing cookouts family and, of course, having a fire pit and uh, just relaxing. Yeah, well,
0: farm life is good. Yeah. Uh, I look back on it from years ago and uh, sometimes wish I was still there.
1: There is some simplicity in it, but there's also some life lessons, life skill sets that I've learned that I hope my kids will take on with them after I'm gone.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's it's different than uh, than uh, living in town and growing up in town, for sure. Yes. So tell me uh, a favorite book. Uh, doesn't have to be recently, but if you've read something recently, what's that? Or what, what's just a favorite book that, that you like?
1: Well, I, I love, I'm an outdoorsman, I love The Call of the Wild. I read it many years ago as a book project. Recently, uh, we're in the process of building, mm-hmm. and we have been reading magazine after magazine on modern farmhouse styles and, and all that. And recently, I got into investing, and I've been uh, reading cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. And so, my brothers and I, all of us invest on our own platforms, but we, we bounce ideas off each other, and I've... I've downloaded a book by Sean Bennett with cryptocurrency right now, so. Okay,
0: that's interesting. Uh, I can spell Bitcoin, but I don't know much beyond that. So.
1: Well, I'm learning. I can I could not. I cannot articulate it here on this podcast <laughs> what Bitcoin is, but you know, it's a technology that they've come up with yeah. that does transactions, yeah. and you can invest in them.
0: Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So, you're, are you an Android or an Apple guy?
1: I'm an Android guy now, uh, especially with uh, working with this agency. You're—I know—we're all big Android users here in the agency. But I used to be Apple. My family's still Apple. And uh, the thing about Apple, their their programs uh, on their software and stuff a lot of times they charge for businesses' programs. Uh, Androids most of the time do not. And if you lose the phone, it's a it's a nightmare trying to get stuff transferred. Mm-hmm. You've got to have. Two different logins, and um, Android is much simpler.
0: Yeah, much simpler. Well, yeah. So we've actually converted Chris since he's been here because he yes. was an iPhone yes. guy when he yes. <laughs> And you have had to change your phone a time or two.
1: I think we've gone through two of them since no. I've been here in two years.
0: Okay. Uh, so what's what's the biggest hurdle that you face in your work every day? Uh, is, is it people, is it technology, is it competitors? What is it that's the, the hard thing?
1: One of the biggest thing is time, which is my personal time, but like anybody else's, um, I, you know, traveling, covering the area, because I, I drive in, unlike some of the people who live here local. The other one is managing the, the, the clients in the way, both from a prospecting aspect and how you communicate with them and how you connect with them. And then on the client side, how do you stay connected? How do you keep up with them? How do you remember them? We write a lot, a lot of people. We help out hundreds of people a year through myself and the other three agents here. It's hard, it, it is a challenge to keep up with them, but with the tools and under your tutelage, it's been very helpful. I've seen it improved over the last two years. And, um, and so it is difficult, though. It is a challenge knowing how to communicate, how do they like to be communicated with, and they don't necessarily tell you. Mm-hmm. You know, they just communicate with you, right? And right. we have several different platforms coming in, and I'm seeing a an increase in seniors approaching 65. They're using multiple platforms; they're there not are. just using one or the other. That's true. So it, it it is a challenge.
0: Yeah, it's not that long ago when people talked about us, and I'm putting myself in this category. Old people yes. don't use technology. Yes that that is a misnomer and a misunderstanding because in today's world they do. Uh, in fact, if you want to. If you want to communicate with your grandkids, you have to be using technology because otherwise they won't ever see or
1: hear you. So a funny story is my grandmother is still living. She's 95, and uh, she got a jitterbug phone two years ago. She has been emailing the last 10 years since 85. At 85, she started emailing and learning how to do that. Passing to my grandfather, she... She couldn't communicate with us. So she got a jitterbug and she is texting now. The names are preloaded where she hits a button. She doesn't have to type it in, but so she's doing it. And if she can do it, anybody yeah, right. can do it.
0: And most are. That, that's that's right. the thing. But it is important to know how to communicate with people because the challenge is there's lots of ways. And if you communicate the wrong way, they don't hear you because they're not receiving on that platform. So, you know, one of the things we do in the agency is is ask people how do they want to be communicated with. Because if you don't know that, you're just lost out there and nobody hears what you say. Well, and most people have a predominant communication Mm -hmm. platform and then they
1: may have an alternate one or two. Right. The phone's still obviously a way to communicate, but most people are shying away from the phone. If they don't recognize your number or not expecting your call, your your chances of catching them, it's going to be slim. That's
0: true, because there's so many spam calls. And That's right. People just don't want to answer the right. phone. And yeah, I was on one right before this uh, podcast started today. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's kind of get a look at you and what you do. What what does your day look like? What, what is it that you're doing? Are you riding around listening to the radio? What are you doing? No.
1: You know, we we have to solicit and go after or try to get in front of people. Uh, we do have some platforms built into the agency through Facebook, LinkedIn, through customer referral base that we get people calling in, uh, website, but we also are, are doing the educational platforms, and we do mail outs, and we're doing them in the different cities in eastern Tennessee, all over the 11, 12 counties, and that takes up time. You've got to plan that. you got to you got to confirm the RSVPs, then you got to go and do them, and then set the other venues up on the next series, so that takes time, but... You know, I continually uh, am trying to figure out the best way to get in front of people at the right time, and I there's not a magic formula. Mm-hmm. There's not a magic formula. Right. right. We do it in all different platforms, both personal, social, uh, emailing, mail. Still the traditional mail out. It works. Mm-hmm. Mailing to turning people turning sixty five. So, it, you know, we have there's various various ways, but
0: so so. You mean you still go to the kitchen table and take people's information and get them protected across the kitchen table?
1: Believe it or not, even post-COVID, I would say that we are in the homes of those that want us to be at least 40% of the time. Wow. Now, it has changed since pre-COVID. That number used to be 60% of the time Mm -hmm. we were doing business at the kitchen table, but You know, people now are wanting to come to the office. We have a nice office in Greenville, uh, in the Greenville area, for people to drive in. It's it's a short drive for most people. Big, nice conference room. We can do them by phone now. We can do it Mm. by text now. The technology has improved since COVID. The companies did that, just like all companies went to uh, working from home versus in the big, tall buildings with overhead, and these companies have adapted and allowed these field agents to start Uh, transitioning how they do business. And it's not really the agent, it's the people. Mm, The people determine how you're going to do business. Exactly. And so, but that has that percentage of people that wants to do it at the kitchen table. And we still do it. You know, that saying that we still make house calls like a doctor, Mm -hmm. which is true, but it is shrinking. Mm -hmm. It is shrinking Mm -hmm. in the way that they want to do business.
0: So that's important that you... Uh, understand how people want to do business want to transact their business and then respond with the right solution to that, whatever it is.
1: Correct. And we give them those options where pre-COVID, but, you know, I don't know if it was as formidable as that we gave the options. We always, we have, but the telephonic and the texting and the sign and all that electronic processing has come, two years has come a long ways with mm-hmm. most some companies were doing it. All companies are doing it. Right,
0: right. That's the change. Yeah, that's the that's the big change. So, you know, we talk about in the insurance business, we talk about policies and contracts and all that. So, how how does what you do help people? How does it help the person across the table or across the desk from you most, when you work with them?
1: Most people, most retirees. I don't, you know, most. I would say most no matter what field of study they're retiring from or still working in, see a lot of people trying to decide whether they're going to continue to work and take Medicare or not. They do not have, they have some ideas of Medicare, but they get bombarded by informational mail to them. They cannot decipher from all the material. The material is so overwhelming. So what I do or try to do, I just try to simplify their options. And really it is simple. Their options are not, they have many different companies and many different products, but the avenues by which they go down is really narrowed down to two or three. Mm. And that's what we try to focus on in the educational seminars is narrowing down the basic coverages of Medicare, what it not what it doesn't cover, then it sets up their options and it limits or it, it starts to make sense to the beneficiaries and we've seen a very good response, even to the people that we don't write that come to the seminars. We we've had over a thousand people R S V P over the last three years not that everybody showed, mm-hmm. but that's a lot of people.
0: Yeah, yeah that's right. Well, uh, simplicity is always desirable. And in today's world, information overload is kind of attacks all of us. There's just so much information flying around. So if you can simplify things for people, that's certainly a help. Because in the end, you're talking about their personal health care, aren't you? When that's you're talking correct. about Medicare.
1: You're talking about their, their backbone of their financial... Stability, You know, mm-hmm. once they nail down their health care and their decisions. And as I said, most people, if they can make a good decision, a lot of people choose to retire sooner than later. Mm-hmm. But some people don't understand that or they feel like they're forced to work later because of the health coverage. Mm-hmm. So uh, we get into group comparison options and stuff like that. But in, for the most people, most people, and I would say 90-plus percent of people, are overwhelmed or confused when they approach the Medicare because mm-hmm. it is a shift from where they were. Right. As you know, you yeah. know exactly what that's about. It's not group. Mm-hmm. It's not the way group worked, and so they have to be educated on their options. Now, they decide, and we enroll the product that mm-hmm. they decide based on the avenue that they choose.
0: Right. Well, that, that is helpful, and that's why people respond is because it's difficult to understand and decipher all that. Sometimes it's even hard for us in business to decipher what all is being said, to sift it down to a place so that it's understandable and people can make an informed decision. Correct. Yeah. So how do you see the future unfolding? And I have a blank there because people are interested and they think about different things when I ask that question. But Tell us how you see the future unfolding in a, in a particular element or part of life, business, whatever. I can
1: tell you that the seamless transaction is going to increase. The, the, the nonverbal will increase and the verbal will decrease in transactional, not just insurance, but overall. And you're going to see that increase as time goes on. Maybe artificial intelligence will play a part there. I don't know where the live agent's going to fit in there, to be honest with you. From an agent perspective, like what we do, other businesses, I'm sure it's the same. The local worker at the factory, artificial intelligence and seamless, instantaneous um, product solutions are going to be on the forefront here in the next couple of years. Mm
0: -hmm. I think the, the transactional piece of that we're already in. Uh, because it's possible to do a lot of things through the computer, and uh, which we don't always think of it that way, but that's what the cell phone is. It's a computer in our pocket, and more and more things can be done that way, uh, including insurance transactions. But one of the things that uh, we always talk about is you still need an advisor, to answer those questions, to wade through the options and get to a place where you can make a decision. I don't know that that's going to change. How we do it is already changing, but it is a challenge to, uh, to establish a relationship with someone that you don't see. That's different.
1: It is a challenge, but I do find that those people that want an advisor, they want to a reinforcement of their decision or their options those that don't the instantaneous ai platform interface you know it suits them well because there's checks and balances in there but the advisor the relationship and the trust and it's really the relationship Mm -hmm. whether they see you or not Mm -hmm. they want uh they want a relationship and a um i would say they want um reinforcement that what they've decided is good and it will work for them. Right. And I still do that myself just sure. like you do on certain things. Yeah. When you yeah. go to the mechanic, I want to talk to the mechanic. Yeah, exactly.
0: So, that's true. Well, we're coming close to the end, so one of the things we always promise is a bottom line business tip. So, now you've been you've worn a lot of hats in your I have, career. I have. We're talking about things that sound like only health insurance, but I happen to know that uh, you started several years ago in the insurance business as a claims adjuster. I did. I did five years there. And uh, owned your own agency for yes. a while that was like multi-lines. Multi-line uh, PNC. Right. And then you've been in the life insurance world only Rolling. for a while. Medicare insurance world only for a while right so you've you've had this long place so uh in some of those places and a lot of those places you were your own boss responsible for the bottom line so if you tried to sift something out of that what would you tell people that's listening that are running their business big or small and uh how do you affect that bottom line what 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 tip could you sift out of that and say, this is helpful? Number one
1: is you have to have a passion and enthusiasm about what you do. Mm. You can do okay. something fairly well, but if you don't have a passion and enthusiasm, you will not, in my opinion, it won't succeed. You have to become an expert in what you do. You have to be able to be known or sought out that you know what you're doing mm-hmm. and be the, try to be the best, just like you were taught as growing up, be the best you can be. And finally, you need to treat them like you want to be treated. Mm. You need to treat the people, and hopefully, you want to be treated good. That's what mm-hmm. it takes. You have to get back and treat the people honestly and fairly, like you would want to be treated, like most people want to be treated, and and do that in a way that is professional.
0: So, uh, so we're uh, w- when we talk about the bottom line, it it encompasses many different pieces of business to get there. Uh, and you what, what it sounds like you're saying is if you want to improve your bottom line, you got to have whoever your client customer is coming back and and, and spreading the good word about how you do your business.
1: Well, in my, my history the I don't I wouldn't say that I was enthusiastic about claims, maybe not even life per se, but Medicare I am. And I have found some success in that arena, and I've become, i become, I have become as as good as I think I could be. I'm still improving, still learning, but I have tried to become the expert, and um, and I try to answer. I've tried to be able to answer most people' questions. I've gone through mistakes, and you learn through that. You learn through trials, and I also try to try to advise them the way I would advise either me or my father or my grandfather, or grandmother. And let them make the decision don't try to make the decision for them and I've found some success in that
0: yeah well that's good that's good well we appreciate it Chris uh that's a wrap for today's business bottom line podcast take that tip and make your bottom line turn from red to black see you next time right here in the jewel city of the mountains Greenville Tennessee this is the stash saying we're here to inspire inform and improve your bottom line so you can grow, grow, grow.